Hey, good job. This is Parshas, Parshas Vayichri, and I wanted to discuss Binyamin in regards to the Seir Hamishdalayah, otherwise known as the Seir Lazazal. The Seir Lazazal is a really interesting korban. It's brought on Yom Kippur. It's one of the only two things that's really able to be done by a czar, by a non-Kohen. It's the only avoda that's able to be done by a non-Kohen. Um, and the shrita is also able to be done by a non-Kohen, but that's not considered an avoda. The only avoda able to be done by a non-Kohen is done by the Seir HaMeshaleach. It's this single person who takes a lamb out all the way to the desert near Maladimim and chucks off a cliff backwards, basically, and ties a rope to the rock, and it will turn white if the Jews are forgiven. And then this other white string in the Mishkan will also turn white, wherein the Besamekdash will turn white if they are forgiven. So in regards to this, there are five dinim within this Ir HaMeshaleach, within this lamb, that play into the story of Yosef and Binyamin and basically the ten brothers throughout Parshas Bracious and the entire story maybe of where the Jewish people go on and how the story of Yosef still lives with us today. So to start, the connection to selling Yosef is pretty obvious here because it's brought into Yehuda's territory. It has to be repented for. The repentance of the selling of Yosef is done through the Sira Meshaleach, which is brought into Yehuda's territory, which is near Maliadimim or in the Sinai Desert, which is outside of Binyamin's territory, which is the Beis HaMikdash. And we know Yehuda was the one who sold him. And therefore, it has to be brought into Yehuda's territory to be Mechaper for Yehuda, who is the one that sold him into slavery when Yehuda had the strength to bring him back to Yaakov if he wanted to. Number two is we know that there is a weight, a minimum weight for the red string that's tied around the rock. And a minimum weight was is given to us in Yuma Andaf Memalef. And the string has to be a weight of two slime which is the same weight that is given for the coat of Yosef, meaning that the coat of Yosef, which is too slime, which starts the entire fighting of the brothers and the jealousy of the brothers, which causes the sale of Yosef and the hatred between the brothers, started at this too slime weight. And the way we are mechaper for that hatred is through this too slime weight of this red string. The third comparison is that the kapara already happened in the Kodesh Kedashim. And that is in Binyamin's territory. The actual kapara we know, the white string, was actually tied to this like mantle in the Ulam, which is in Binyamin's territory, as we're told in Yuma and Dafyad Beis. Meaning that the actual kapara, although the seer is thrown off a cliff somewhere in the territory of Yehuda, the actual kapara takes place in the territory of Binyamin because Binyamin wasn't involved in the sale of Yosef, our third connection to this story. Now, the fourth connection I thought was a more interesting one. This is the ten huts. The ten huts that the person travels on the way. This is brought down in Yuma, Dafsan, There are ten huts that the person will travel to get to the cliff. And each one, I believe, is around a mill apart. And the distance between each mill was a mill, but in the end of the day, there were 10 huts. These 10 huts, I believe, are representative of the 10 brothers, the 10 brothers who sold 
Yosef. And not only this, we could take this one step further. The people in the Ten Huts, as Totos and Yomadah Samafayin, actually offered the person walking on Yom Kippur with this Seir bread. Now, the Gemara poses the question, why would you offer the guy bread? He's fasting, he can't eat. And the Gemara answers that someone who has pas basala, someone who has bread in their basket, is not comparable to someone who doesn't have bread in, this, in his basket. It's like someone who is before the age of 12 or 13 who tries fasting. It's, they have a much easier time fasting knowing that they could break their fast. The same goes over here with the Seir HaMeshtaleah. The guy knows that he could break his fast anytime he wants to, but he chooses not to, and therefore he's in a stronger position technically. And they offer him the bread, yet they, no one ever eats the bread, if you think about it. No one actually ends up taking on the offer to eat the bread. The people in the huts don't eat the bread, and the guy walking with the seer doesn't eat the bread. And I think that's comparable to the story of Yosef. And the story of Yosef, it's actually kind of the mere opposite. The brothers, after throwing Yosef in the pit, go and have a meal. They break lechem, they eat bread, which is exactly what happens with these huts. It's actually the exact same word. Yet, in the story of Yosef, they eat the bread, and in our story, they actually don't eat the bread. And that comes to show us that the entire, the entire process of the Seher Mishlech, all the halachos, these tiny minute halachos that we just look over, are all tied into the kapara that is brought for the sinah between Kalaisal. Now Yosef, the entire thing started with a stupid coat. It all just started with a stupid coat worth two slime, and the entire fight reproduces and escalates to a scale that's inconceivable, and that we still suffer for today. And therefore, the lesson is clear, that we have to avoid fight and avoid having a lack of shalom with these tiny, small, minute things that could just escalate to a ridiculously large proportion. Have a great Shabbos.